to Recovery Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Miller, and I'm a stroke survivor and grateful recovering alcoholic. Today, I am providing an introduction to meditation for stroke recovery. So what I want to do is today talk about what I've learned about the importance of meditation and how it can help me and uh, help others who may be recovering from a stroke. And then after today, I'm going to put together a meditation episode. And so the meditation is going to be talking about things that I want to hear. You know what I mean? Like I'm providing this whole podcast is about it's it's about self-talk and and research and encouraging myself and building a community and um, getting vulnerable and talking about how I feel in this stroke recovery and how I have compared that to my uh, sobriety program. And so what I thought about was, okay, I need to do uh, 15 to 20 minutes of meditation per day and I thought, well, if I go online, I guess I could search meditation for stroke survivors or something like that. And then I thought, but what if they're not saying what I want to hear? And I was like, Rachel, just do your own meditation. So that's what I'm going to do. We'll see how it goes. Um, I don't see why not. So um, the, the script of the meditation is very much going to be centered around your brain and, um, and it's going to be centered around using your, you know, your imagination and visualization. Um, and most meditations focus on the breath and I'm going to be focused on the brain. So visualization of a, a healing brain. So that'll be fun. That's what I'm going to do tomorrow. So today, introduction to meditation. I want to lay out a little bit of groundwork for anybody um, who isn't terribly familiar with meditation or anyone who isn't totally uh, clear on how meditation might be helpful to someone in recovery, whether it's stroke recovery or somebody um, who is an active alcoholic and and looking to recover. So um, my basic understanding of meditation when I first got started is that you are just clearing your mind and thinking of nothing and thinking about your breathing. And that's really all that I knew about it. I mean, I've seen, um, you know, videos of it and I've heard people 
I saw a guy, I (laughs) I think I may have talked about it in a previous episode. I think I did. A guy meditating in a gas station restaurant and how it was freaky. (laughs) But um, I, you know, that was really all I knew of it. And I did think it was just, it was an alternative type of thing that I wasn't into. But in my sobriety, I was um, introduced to a Friday meeting where we sit and meditate for 10 minutes. And, um, and when I first started going to that meditation meeting, you know, first of all, I didn't want to go. I felt like it was, I'm, I'm driving home from uh, work, going all the way to Charlestown. So I had this meeting halfway home. And who wants to stop halfway home, especially on a Friday when you want to get the hell out of there and sit in a dark room for 10 minutes and, and try to clear your mind? I mean, that's next to impossible. That's what I felt like. Um, I felt like it was a waste of my time and I didn't want to sit still, um, but I did it anyway. So there's another one of these examples where I did it anyway. And there is never an instance that I stopped uh, and did one of these meditation meetings and I didn't feel calmer and more serene and just plain old more at peace. I was able to like let go of my work day, really. Um, it, there was never a time that I didn't feel better when I stopped, whether I wanted to or not. So meditation, it goes, this is what I'm learning. I'm not trying to be an expert at it. Um, I want to learn about it. And so I'm sharing what I'm learning. And so meditation changes the way that we live our lives. And in that it changes the way that we look at Uh, the people around us, our environment. It changes our relationship with our environment, our loved ones, with our ambitions. And it provides us with a channel to practice mindfulness and to be present. If there is not any other time in your entire day that you really are present and thinking about the very moment that you're in and your surroundings, meditation gives you the opportunity to do that. And that's what it's all about, right? That's what living is all about, is is taking a moment to be like, yes, I'm alive. This is this is pretty great. You know, I'm living, I'm breathing. And, um, and so to be able to pause and do that, even for a moment, much less for 15 minutes. And I heard today that, um, as you get better at meditating, that doesn't mean you have to do it longer. It doesn't mean like, 
if you can do it for five minutes, then you should up it to 10 minutes, then you should up it to 20 minutes, then you should up it to a half an hour. Like you don't have to keep making the length of time that you meditate longer and longer. Um, It's a matter of taking some time and doing it. And the time that you do a lot for it is quality time and just getting better and better at it and making that space really um, a space just for that, not a space where you're meditating and then your kids are running in the room or you're meditating and your dog is barking out the window, which would be my house. (laughs) Um, So meditation gives us motivation, willingness, and um, is supposed to provide us with a healthy, sustainable mindset so that we can pursue our ambitions and live life um, just a little more uh, at at peace. And um, so I was doing some research on is there anything out there about uh meditation for stroke recovery. And and I know there is because that's one of my main things on my like schedule that I've given myself. It's uh my basic needs, uh food, sleep, now I'm not going to remember, exercise, meditation. I feel like I'm leaving one out, but meditation is one of them. So I was doing some research. Now, side note, when I say I'm doing some research, what I'm doing, because my stroke affects my eyes and my head, I have learned voiceover on my iPhone so that I have screen curtain on at all times. So my iPhone is always black. The screen is black. And I use my ears and my fingers to navigate to the different applications on my phone. And and, um, I use dictate to search just because it's faster than typing the letters. And and that's how I do it. And then I can read a web page by just dragging my finger down the web page and then moving the pages one after the other. So... Um, it's pretty freaking cool. I'm going to say it myself that I have um, learned it so quickly. Now, there's a lot of stuff that I still don't know how, <clears throat> how to do, but I'll learn it in time. I'm trying to be patient with myself. What I haven't been great at being patient with myself for is learning how to use voiceover on the Mac, um, but it's really... Um, it seems a lot more difficult. So I'll get there. Anyway, I wanted to do a little side note. How's she doing research when she can't see? Well, I am using my phone and I'm listening to everything that I research. So back to what I was researching. I found out about something called mindfulness-based stress reduction. That's one thing, MBSR. And then another that's based on that called Mindfulness-Based Recovery from Stroke, M-B-R-F-S, because everything in the world has to have an acronym. 
So um, what I was learning about is the what mindfulness uh, allows you to do or provides to you, what you gain from mindfulness and recovery is uh, what I learned is number one, and I think this is so interesting because yesterday I ended my four-part series by saying the key to recovery is willingness. So here we go. Mindfulness provides you with the willingness to accept that you had a stroke and the impairment that you were left with or the damage, uh, the what was damaged in the brain and, and whatever happened to you physically. So the willingness to accept that. Uh, two, it allows you to better live with chronic conditions and lowers your stress levels while you're at it. Mindfulness also helps to navigate uncertainties with awareness. And um, there are so many uncertainties in recovery. And I thought when I was first getting sober, I wasn't necessarily, I wouldn't say uncertainties would would be the the word that came to mind. It it was more like, um, it was almost like doubt than uncertainty, you know, like I didn't, I didn't believe that I could be like everybody else. I didn't believe that all those people that were sitting in those meetings laughing and being all carefree and happy and joyful, I didn't think that could be me. Um, and, and I guess the uncertain part was, if I was, if that was going to be me eventually, how was I going to get there? Um, so I guess that's uncertainty, but, um, it's in this stroke recovery. I'm very much feeling the whole uncertainty thing. Absolutely. Like, um, and I'll go into that at the end. So for, um, taking mindfulness helps us to take the responsibility of the outcomes. And so instead of just um, going along for the ride, really taking ownership of our part in recovery. And number five, trusting the inherent wisdom of our body as a teacher. And I think that's going to weigh very much into the meditation that I'm going to prepare for me, us. (laughs) And lastly, uh, mindfulness increases our capacity to navigate complex emotions with self-compassion. So um, this mindfulness uh, is considered these programs where these facilities offer mindfulness programs They're considered participatory medicine. That was hard to say. And they've been proven by MRI scans. So they've taken these people that are 
you know, uh, expert meditators, if you will, and they've put them in an MRI scan while they were meditating, and they could actually see the, uh, the difference in uh, how the brain was, was firing. And they've taken folks who have not meditated, gave them an MRI scan, and then had them go meditate for a specified period of time, put them back under the MRI, and they could see um, the brain had, uh, had altered its state, altered however it's all made up. I don't know. I have a word for that later, I think, in my, in my notes here. But um, so... So I'm thinking, all right, well, if it's if it does anything, you know, I'll take anything, <laughs> then I'm going to try it. And so as I've set aside time for meditation, I'm going to create a more controlled environment for myself in meditation. I want to make sure that my meditation is focused on my brain. Um, if, if we spend most of our time focusing on the breathing and meditation, and when I listen to the Calm app and she's talking about, you know, imagine that the, your breath is a cool breeze and you're breathing in, um, positivity and you're breathing out, uh, the negative thoughts. Why can't I use that kind of visualization to imagine my brain healing? And so that's what I'm going to do. My meditations are going to be focused on visualizing my brain healing. If nothing else, I feel like that is a crazy positive thing to do, to sit down and just imagine my greatest potential, like I talked about in the series that I just finished up. So um, our stroke, strokes affect, uh, I said our stroke, like you and I, we all suffered the same stroke. Now, now we're all one person. <laughs> um, so a stroke affects not only medical, uh, has medical impacts, but it also has social impacts, emotional impacts, financial, vocational, psychological, and there's an extremely steep learning curve for most everybody who lives through a stroke. Um, depending on what the part of the brain is that was affected, uh, the, the learning curve may be, you know, for me, it's my eyes and for others, it's their, you know, face or their hand or their, or walking. And so by some of these items that I listed, social, emotional, psychological, if these are some of the impacts of a stroke 
And meditation is known to affect uh, empathy, emotion, compassion, and attention and changes the pattern of brain activity, then it very much seems like a perfect match for me to really dive deeper into meditation and start practicing it. So here's the thing. When I was uh, working a couple years ago, I feel like it was like four years ago maybe, same company, I had a group of women that there was actually a man or two who got involved, but we would all go down to another level in our building and we would do a plank. And so I decided one day that I wanted to be able to do a five minute plank. And so um, I started out no more um, fit than anybody else. I, um, I could only do, I think in the beginning, we started out with like 15 seconds or 20 seconds or something like that. And so all of us would go down to this floor and do a plank for whatever allotted time. And we did this for a month. And so I think in the beginning of that month, uh, we did it at home. So I would just like text each person that was in this group of people who decided they were going <laughs> to do this challenge with me. I would text them and say, did you do your plank? And, um, and they would say, yeah. Well, at the end of the month, I think there was two of us that did it for five minutes. And I did it. And it very much reminded me of the 5K challenge that I set myself up with um, when I first, well, that wasn't when I first got sober, but it was around the same time. And so I thought, if anybody's interested, that we could also start doing this meditation challenge. And that is to make time every day for seven days to start and do your meditation. Um, we'll see how long the meditation is going to be. I think I'd like to make it 20 minutes. Um, and so what I had researched is after seven days of doing 20-minute meditations, there has been proven evidence that your brain, uh, the, the pattern of brain activity ha starts changing already. So what that would mean is that um, we will start feeling more emotionally and psychologically stable or whatever, more beautiful on the inside. I don't know what you're going to call it, but we should experience something. So I want to see if we do. So if you're interested in joining me for this seven-day meditation challenge, I'm going to be posting the meditation starting tomorrow. And however long it ends up being, 20 minutes is my goal, then um, 
if you're interested in joining the challenge, just either uh, put a message in the uh, in the notes, whatever you call it, <laughs> the bottom. I don't ever say stuff like that. Um, Press the like button down there. No, I don't know. I don't think there's a like button on Spotify. Anyway, if there's a comment, that's the word I was thinking of. Comment. Put uh, a message in the comments if you're interested in joining me. Um, if you know my phone number, just text me. That's fine too. And we'll try this meditation challenge for seven days starting tomorrow. So um, what the meditation is going to be like is um, I mentioned like I'm going to have you imagining your brain. Now, I know everybody listening to this has not necessarily had a stroke, but all of us could use some healing in our brains. I know that for sure. So we're going to be focusing on our brain and we're going to be talking about changes that happen to us that we have not had the opportunity to brace ourselves for. We're going to be talking about integrating the broken parts of us with the beautiful parts of us. And we're going to talk about taking this, this 20 minutes, putting aside all of your worries, opening that imaginary God box and throwing all of your worries inside it and shutting the box for the next 20 minutes. And we're going to imagine uh, the blood flowing through our brain. We're going to imagine the muscles in our scalp relaxing and we're going to use the power of visualization in order to, uh, to experience this type of um, healing. And so, um, let's see. What, what would be interesting is for us to figure out how to then connect after seven days and I think we'll have to do that in the in the comments section again as well so um so I'm looking forward to this because uh because my stroke has absolutely left me with a with a loss of identity with uh isolation and the more that I can find some sort of way to connect with you who are listening and, and participate in the same kinds of activities, it's going to feel more like a community, not just for me, but for you as well. You think you're the only one listening to this uh, podcast, but there's somebody else also sitting in their car listening to this same exact podcast. And all of you are sending me messages. Well, wouldn't it be great if we could all be talking to each other instead of everybody just sending messages to me? There is so much healing in each one of you who is listening to this podcast. It's, it's amazing, you know, the, the individuals who reach out to me 
I think, oh, I wish I could get those two together. And I wish I could get those two together so that they could talk about the similarities in their lives. And so this, um, this meditation challenge I'm hoping might be, might be a door that we can all walk through together. So, um, the stroke has, uh, has left me with a lot of, a lot of grief while I've been needing to do the opposite, needing to be motivated and, uh, trying to pick myself back up. And, and especially when I'm lacking, uh, a clear roadmap. So if I can build resiliency mentally, then, then I believe I can build resiliency physically through meditation. So, so that's my plan. Um, so tomorrow be expecting a meditation episode. And, um, I just wanted to check in on the status of my, uh, appointments. So I went to the neurologist today and I got a transcranial Doppler scan and a corroded ultrasound. And so they looked at my neck, all angles. They looked at the base of my skull. They looked on my temples and they also looked right through my eyelids at my brain. Um, well, this was all the, all the roadways to my brain to see how those are looking. Um, so it was like PTSD when I was sitting there getting these, um, listening to like the, as they do the ultrasound, you can hear the blood flowing. Like when they turn the sound on that you hear, and you hear the blood flowing. And as soon as I heard that, I felt like I was having a PTSD moment when I was in the hospital and getting all of that stuff, all of those freaking tests done and everything. But, but it's good. And, uh, my boyfriend sat in the waiting room and right before I went in, I said, you know, I've been feeling nervous. Um, I wasn't nervous until last night and this morning. And he said, you shouldn't be nervous about gaining this knowledge and finding out more information. You should be excited that it's finally happening. So, um, so I'm trying to shift my mindset to be more excited. I'm just scared. That's all. I'm scared. But that's, uh, that's natural, I think. Um, so I'll hear the results on the 30th of August. And if he needs, if the neurologist needs to call me, uh, before then, because there's anything urgent, yikes, uh, he'll give me a call. Um, and that was just what the technician said. And then I have my MRI on August 15th to see if everything is the same as after my stroke or if I may have had another event since then um, because I'm having such a change in my symptoms. So, so that's what I've got for you today. Thanks for joining. Don't forget to share the episode so we can continue to 
grow the community. And thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow.